In this episode of Packaging Talks, we catch up with Paul Jenkins, Managing Director of the Pack Hub, a leading packaging innovation consultancy helping brand owners, retailers and packaging suppliers deliver a range of packaging innovation services. In this conversation with Dr. Rangaprasad, Paul emphasizes that in packaging, balancing sustainability and innovations is a very critical from both a manufacturer and a consumer point of view. He cites cheese packaging and luxury packaging as examples to illustrate his point. Let's join the conversation. Hello everyone and welcome to a fresh episode of Packaging Talks, the podcast series brought to you by Packaging 360 team. In this episode, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Paul Jenkins, founder and managing director of The Pack Hub, which is a leading packaging innovation consultancy, which helps brand owners, retailers, packaging suppliers deliver a range of packaging innovation services. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thank you very much. I'm very much looking forward to discussing uh, all things packaging. Really, really excited. Paul, you've been in this in this industry for more than three decades. So off late, let's say in the last two years, we've been hearing of only sustainability, circular economy and these kind of jargons. But you also know that new products coming in in the FMCG and food and beverage space, you also need innovation. So could we start, you know, by gathering from you, what are your thoughts on how, on how sustainability and innovation can be balanced in this field of packaging? It is a, it is a real challenge because packaging innovation is, is extremely important um, for, for brands and retailers and suppliers to be able to succeed in market and gain um, market share. Um, but sustainability, certainly, as, as you say, over the last couple of years has, has significantly increased in, in, in its um, attention and, and importance. Um, I think the fact that the first thing to say is that every innovation that is coming to our attention really has sustainability at its very centre. So everything now is, that is being considered is, has to consider the environmental uh, impact that that packaging is having um, on, the, on the environment. So, um, you know, we, we're seeing some examples previously of added functionality innovations um, that may go against the, the idea of sustainability. So, for example, you might have had re uh, reclosures um, on, on packaging, uh, which may not be easy to recycle, um, but these add, add extra benefits for the consumer and make life easier for them. Um, but because they're harder to recycle, some operators are now considering to, to remove them. So it's, it's a real challenge to, to really to try and balance the goals um, to improve the environment and, and increase sustainability, but also to in introduce innovation that allows businesses to, to stand out and, and create a competitive point of difference. So um, it is definitely a, um, an interesting dynamic that we're seeing. Okay. Could you share some examples of how, you know, from your interaction with various stakeholders in the supply chain, uh, how have companies been able to uh, balance this concept of sustainability and also innovation so that, you know, the process of novelty goes on because packaging is all about innovation and how you relate to customer uh, expectations. So could you share some striking examples of uh, balance of innovation and sustainability? Yeah, so I, I mentioned just a moment ago about resealability, and that's quite a good example of something that's happened um, a couple of times uh, recently. We have a, uh, an innovation zone packaging database, so we, we, we track all the latest innovations. So we have nearly 5,000 uh, initiatives uh, at our fingertips, so we're able to sort of see what's really going on. And, and there's a couple of examples in Europe of, of cheese packaging with the, the desire to reduce the amount of plastic used 
couple of uh, retailers for their own label cheese products have uh, reduced the amount of plastic. So they've gone from a sort of a pouch format to a to a much more of a of a, of a wrap format and, and reduced the amount of plastic used. But as a consequence, they've reduced they've taken away the, the resealability functionality. So it's a real challenge. You know, it's on the one hand that they've delivered sustainability. But on the other hand, they've made it um, potentially uh, harder for consumers to to reseal the, their packaging. And, and the cheese market, certainly in Europe and the UK, um, there is expectation that, that that packaging is resealable. And of course, resealability also leads to um, the reduction of of food waste potentially. So, uh, by solving one problem, you there is a potential to be creating another one. So, you know, that's one example of. Um, trying to find a balance between sustainability and innovation. I mean, other things, you know, we, we're certainly seeing fewer examples of of packaging that is from the start unrecyclable. Um, I think a few years ago, particularly in the luxury sector, you would have packaging with sort of metallized board um, and, and, and effects that um, may not be recyclable. Um, so we're seeing, you know, less of that in the market. But what we're also seeing is operators coming to the market with solutions that uh, that use a, a slightly different effect, but so they still achieve uh, a metallized finish, um, but the pack can still be recycled. Um, and to the naked eye, to the consumer, the pack looks just about the same as it did previously. So I think operators are having to work harder to achieve their innovation goals but still make sure that their packs are sustainable. So I think there's a couple of examples for you there. Yeah, in the recent past, you know, there have been uh, real out-of-box concepts like paper bottle and also newer materials based on the concept of biodegradability, let's say like polyethylene furanoate or polylactic acid, polyhydroxyalkanoate. What, in your opinion, is the uh, potential of uh, paper bottles and also uh, the so-called biodegradable materials in the field of packaging? Okay, I think the best thing to do is is to approach both of those as separate sort of opportunities. So, first of all, paper bottles, as you uh, correctly uh, acknowledge, um, there's been a, a a lot of change in the market over the last sort of six to twelve months, with uh, several big name brands looking to develop uh, um, alternatives to to glass and to plastic for the bottle market. These tend to be small scale tests of in the order of 10,000 bottles to be tested in, in, a, in a particular town or, or, or city or in a, in a retailer. And they still don't quite have the, the technology correct yet. So there is uh, there are challenges uh, around uh, the, the need for a suitable barrier because obviously the paper is porous. So that, that um, the, there is looking, they are looking at sort of organic barriers that will biodegrade or recycle with the paper. Um, but they are still using uh, some sort of plastic to, to create that liner. So it's work in progress at the moment for paper bottles. Uh, I think the fact that you've got some of the biggest brands in the world working on these uh, initiatives suggests that at least they feel that the paper bottle has the sh a strong potential to be considered a suitable uh, packaging format going forward. Uh, interestingly, um, We've posted on our PackUp LinkedIn page examples of paper bottles coming to market, and a lot of the packaging connections that, that follow the page 
have been a little bit have questioned the the reasons for the for the tests and, and what the what the uh the reasons for, for doing them questions as to you know is a paper bottle better in it for the environment than a pet or or glass one and and also what measures are taking place to ensure um in terms of life cycle analysis to to demonstrate that that a paper bottle is indeed better for for the environment so um i think in in terms of moving forward um there needs to be more evidence shown that paper bottles uh, are the right move uh, in from an environmental point of view and also improvements are still required in terms of uh, the the lining to ensure that um the, the the, the, the bottles can be easily recycled or composted by the end user. So I think it's a very exciting time at the moment uh, for the sort of the beverage industry as they continue to develop, to develop these uh, paper bottles. In terms of biomaterial developments, um, we've been tracking for many years now um, a number of different materials that are being used as alternative to oil-based plastics. So obviously things like sugarcane and tomato waste and um, all sorts of different materials uh, are being being developed. Um, there is a, a, a desire to to look for alternatives to, to plastic, um, but it's still a, a challenging time. And um, what, what what we're noticing is a lot of the development is still at uh, university sort of stages, uh, sort of still being developed and refined. And, and the cost of goods uh, are still significantly more expensive than traditional plastics that have the economies of scale. Um, so there are some real challenges ahead. What, what we're finding is that um, the, the biomaterial uh, alternatives uh, tend to come from smaller and challenger brands and, and not necessarily uh, the big players. Uh, however, I think Mars Wrigley uh, have recently announced uh, that they're looking at a a compostable uh, pouch for one of their confectionery brands uh, in, in Europe. So that would be an interesting example of, of, of a big player playing in, in this space. So we will watch that with, with interest. Um, but it, it is a, 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 an interesting time, uh, lots of development going on, um, but there are some challenges around the cost of the materials, uh, the efficacy, and you know, and also the the end of life scenarios in terms of having the 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 curbside collection systems in place, and, and also having a situation where some packs are possible at home, or some need to be industrially composted. So lots of challenges ahead, but it is a very vibrant area that is showing lots of change at the moment. Yeah, I agree with you that uh, these are this is work in progress, and certainly there are a lot of challenges to be overcome. Personally, what are your thoughts on uh, the recycling or recyclability of plastic materials, which are conventionally used in packaging? Should brand owners promote recyclable or recycled content in their polymers, as opposed to exploring discovery or let's say uh, preparation of new materials? What should be a because there doesn't seem to be a clear cut forward path, you know, in our uh, goal towards reaching uh, sustainable packaging and this concept of circular economy. So, what has been your experience, and how do you think brand owners should really move forward? Because it's almost now more than half a decade we've been only discussing, and nothing concrete is emerging from uh, 
uh, as we see in the recent past. Just about all brands and re retailers are, are working on a, a number of different um, strands in terms of sustainability. So clearly, as you uh, as you correctly acknowledge, recycling has been a big area of development. So we're seeing uh, not just encouraging the uh, recycling of products or making products easier to recycle, packaging easier to recycle. We're also seeing a lot of increased recycled content uh, in packaging. So that continues to go uh, to, to go forward. On the other hand, we're, all brands and retailers are also working on exploring uh, new materials and other ways to make sustainability a reality. So if you think about the reduce, reuse and recycle mantra, uh, recycling really is only just one of those three uh, initiatives that you know, operators are, are, are working to. We had, or we've got plastic packs in many countries ar around the world, um, which is uh, an instruction to achieve 100% reusable, recyclable, or compostable packaging by 2025. So clearly with, with, with most of the major brands and retailers signed up to that, um, to that pledge, they are working very hard to make um, their packaging uh, recyclable and um, 2025 is getting ever closer when they when it was initially announced it seemed like a long time away but it's three and a half years so um now so it's, it's it's coming soon so we are seeing lots of examples of inevitably of recyclable initiatives and um, reusable and compostable are still very much part of the mix and obviously i've mentioned about the biomaterials for compostable Reusable is another area of development where we're seeing lots of change, but it's still relatively small in the scheme of things. So inevitably, with that plastic pact, inevitably recyclability and recycled content will continue to be a major goal and objective for just about everyone working in packaging uh, over the next three to four years. Well, thank you, Paul, for sharing your insights into all aspects of balancing innovation and sustainability, your thoughts on uh, the potential of biomaterials and also the more important which is even commercially very attractive looking into recycling or recyclability of packaging materials thank you so much for your time it was a pleasure talking to you and listening to your ideas i wish you all the very best in your future uh, endeavors looking forward to connecting with you soon thank you so much thank you very much very much enjoyed thank you for joining yet another episode of packaging talks powered by packaging 360. we hope you enjoyed the conversation do leave your feedback and comments by clicking the link in the episode description and stay tuned for our next episode.